Everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life. And what next steps do you need to take to get there? I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to episode 36. Now, in this episode, it's going to be a good one. We're talking money. We're talking careers. We're talking parenting with none other than Lauren Simonetti. Now, you know Lauren. Lauren joined the Fox Business Network 15 years ago. In fact, it's the 15-year anniversary of the Fox Business Network, and Lauren was there from the beginning. Now, during her 15 years there, she has covered major economic news, such as the 2008 financial crisis, the bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers, uh, the impact of the Gulf oil spill, Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme, as well as IPOs for major companies, including Facebook. Now, before joining that network, she served as a business news writer and producer for CNN. Now, she holds a master's degree from Columbia University, and she graduated with the highest honors from George Washington University. Now, along with obviously accomplishing a ton professionally, Lauren is also a wife and a mom. And that combination, we can all learn from that wherever we may be in our careers or with our family, we got some insights we can learn from Lauren. You know, what's really cool about Lauren is the fact she approaches finance and business in a very practical kitchen table way that applies to every one of us. So now let's not wait any longer. She's here. Episode 36. Here, everyone, is Lauren Simonetti. Hey, Lauren, welcome to the podcast. It is so good having one of the best interviewers here on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so uh, interesting to be on the other side of this, <laughs> answering bet, all the questions. I bet it is. Um, you, do a, <laughs> you do so many interviews every single day. Obviously, you're, on, you're an anchor on Fox Business. You uh, have your own podcast. Uh, let's start first with, I, I got to know, where did all of this start? Are you a you know, a, a finance major in college, a high-powered high MBA that now you're in Fox Business and on, on air. Where did all this begin for you? Fourth grade storytelling contest. We had a, did you ever do the storytelling contest when you were younger? I, I did. Now as you say that, yeah, I did. Um, I, my, Charlie the Caterpillar was born, I believe was the book I chose. You memorized the book and you recite yeah. it. Didn't know I had a nice speaking voice. Didn't know I liked speaking in front of crowds. I was, I was pretty good at it. I won um, a few years in a row. And my mom said to me, you know, you should be a news reporter. I said, hmm, okay. Didn't think much of it. I said, those women are attractive. They're smart, wear nice clothes, <laughs> know a lot of stuff. Let's do it. And then, yeah, fast forward, that became, uh, it became my dream. So what is your background in college? What, what did you major in? And how, how did you first then land that, that first role in this <laughs> in the media space? Oh, comparative literature. I know it makes no sense. So I was on that, uh, that fast track in college. I, I graduated college in five semesters. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, uh, though, yes, five semesters, five and a half, maybe. Um, I had studied... So I was that type of person who always liked to ask people who I admired, what is one thing you did right? Or one thing you wish you did differently? And I asked, I was a cheerleader in college, uh, the program director, I asked him, so, you know, if you, if you were to do this again, what would you have done differently? He said, I would have studied abroad. So I said, okay. So I quickly planned this study abroad program, which happened to be a trip semester at sea that went around the world and it changed my perspective on so many things. But since I was already on a path to go to graduate school, 
I said, oh boy, what do I, I think this is the path I'm on. I don't want to get off of it. Let me just finish. So I went on to graduate school in comparative literature as well, saying, well, I'll just intern at CNN and CBS. And then, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. This is just a degree. Yes. But I realized I would say I went to Columbia for grad school, which is these, this beautiful library, the stacks. I mean, I was surrounded by wisdom and all these books and all these people. And I was like, oh, I don't care about any of this. I just want to know what's happening in the world or I want to be able to tell people stories. So I finished my degree um, while I was also interning um, at I think it was CBS. It was at CBS Newspath. And then I moved on to a, a freelance gig at, at CNN um, on the New York Stock Exchange, which is how I got into business. And the rest is history. Tell me about that experience on New York Stock Exchange. What was that like? Um, <sighs> because I, By the way, I'm in Idaho. I have visited New York several times. Uh, <laughs> but we all got to know, what, what is that like? It's so, so part of American legend and myth. And what was it like? Have you been to the New York Stock Exchange? I have not. Okay, I will give you a tour the next time you're in New York. But this is going this is going back in the heyday um, where there was, I want to say, five trading floors, five rooms at the time and tons of guys who, you know, everything was hand signal. I had no idea what I was walking into. It was a sea of sharks. There might have been two women on the floor. And you know, you're, you would literally get, you know, bumped around like this. And I have a bad sense of direction to begin with. So I'm like, you know, intimidated <laughs> and looking around and, and a coworker had said, follow the yellow line. It's like a yellow taped line on the floor. Just follow that yellow line. And that's how you'll get to where our, the CNN booth was at the time. Cause I get lost. Wow. Um, it was just so exciting and rowdy. And I remember I would read the wall street journal with a highlighter. To, to understand, you know, the, the business news and ask questions to the anchor at the time. And I, I stuck with that. I did that for years. And uh, eventually CNN hired me as a production assistant in financial news. So I, I guess you could say the rest is history. And I got to see the size of the floor because of technology and the downturn in the markets go from four or five rooms. I'm ashamed I can't remember down to like one and, you know, a lot of the good friends that I made got laid off or turned to different careers because everything changed. But just to have had that experience and I get to explain it to people, younger people often, and they just don't get it. You know, because now the floor is wide open. You can play golf in the middle of the floor. It's all it's all is it? You know, they're, they're busy at the open and they're busy at the close of the trading day. But it's, it's, it's so quiet in the middle of the day. It was never, ever, ever, ever like that. So Lauren, though, you're an English major, comparative literature, mm -hmm. you're down the floor. Uh, do you look at that? Did you look at that as an adventure or was the intimidation factor just sky high? And how both. did you get through it? I got to know. Both, 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 both. So I had a lot of questions. So I had to find certain people that I felt comfortable asking the questions to, and then knowing that they gave good responses. And there was a host of names, too many people to... Uh, to name. And, you know, it was not only that, it was also learning. I, I was a, a writer, you know, used big words, long sentences, flowery language. And in the news business, that's a no-no. So I was now writing two languages I didn't know. I was writing news and I was writing financial journalism. Good point. And it was, it was, it was intimidating. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I, I mastered it still to this day. 
because, you know, your brain works one way and then you have to think of what the viewer is going to absorb and, you know, shorter is better, but you got to get to the point. And sometimes it's hard to get to the point. <laughs> so it, it, was there ever a point though, when you thought, man, I, this financial side, I, 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 I'm just in way over my head. I, I'm going to leave this part of media. I got to get somewhere else. Or no, was it a love affair with business that you just discovered? Which one, if you had to pick it was, one? It was a love affair with money. Oh. Money makes the world go round. Every single story has a money, a financial, a business aspect to it. And I think when you find that aspect, you kind of realize what make people tick. I'm not saying you should only care about money, but money is what makes the world go round. And, and that's what glued me to the industry. I remember watching an interview with you and you talked about how, you know, money is, is important to, you know, to everyone clearly, but it's your ability then to take the, the really big weighty issues, whether the stock market sell-off or fed monetary policy, whatever these big macro issues are, but you're able to take it down to that kitchen table type discussion. How do you then take these big stories and try to translate it into, you know, middle America? I think that's what Fox Business does. Um, I've heard negative connotations where that's a dumbing down of the news, but I see it more as like, well, that's talking to America. That, that's talking to your audience. And so, oftentimes, for me personally, I find it the most difficult thing to do because it's much easier to use the jargon to condense what you're saying. But, you know, whoever your viewer is might not be understanding that. So someone a long time ago told me, just pretend you're talking to your mom all the time. Oh, that's good advice. Um, you know, you, you get all that, the fancy news, the complicated headlines in your head. And this is for business news, but I think this is for, for all types of news. And then just tell your mother what happened. Um, use the same language you would use in a regular, ordinary conversation. Don't try to sound smart because no one's going to know what you're talking about. Um, and I, I was able to do that. And if, if I have skill in this area, it's because of this. Um, when I first got on air at Fox Business, I did our affiliate hits, which is the um, about 25 of them, maybe 30 at the time. Yeah. Uh, good day, Detroit. Good day, LA. Good day, Philly. You name it. Good day, New York. And I would, I would talk to a local audience in all of these markets across the country. So I, I could hear by the anchors that I was talking to, oh, this market, they're interested in that, or this market likes this. And I feel like I got to understand America better through the anchors. And then, mm. you know, with Twitter and everything through the through the viewers and, um, and fans as well. But I would say that's what really helped me. Um, I, I guess the word is appeal or understand what people want to hear and how complicated news really does affect them. I love that. And that, that's great. You're able to learn from these anchors across the country. Um, here's a quick story for you. When I was in, I'm still in corporate America right now. And when I was younger in my twenties, I worked, um, I've always in, I'm always in the sales and marketing area, Lauren, but the finance team who had a lot of influence, they'd always throw around the language of finance and it was powerful. They would, right they would have this different language. And when they said something about P&L, profit margin, gross margin, top line, bottom line, they used it like a tremendous influence. And I remember for me, I always thought to myself, I really want to learn this language because I was intimidated with that language. Mm -hmm. And the older I've gotten in my career, I realized that, you know what? It's not that scary. This whole area of financial literacy is not scary at all. In fact, it's a lot of fun once you 
just study up on it. So I'm saying there's nothing to be afraid of here in this area of money and finance. And would you agree with that? And if so, how, what advice do you give to younger people about becoming more financially literate, either in their pr- profession or with their around their kitchen table? So if I were to go back, I would have taken formal business classes. I think there is just a wealth of information and knowledge that I should have learned. So I will never discount that. But then if you look at what's going on um, with the meme trades or with the retail traders, this is a powerful group and they have knowledge. And I bet you a good number of them got their knowledge by looking things up by themselves, by, you know, <laughs> listening to certain financial people. So yeah, it, it's stuff you can teach yourself like I did, like they did um, that, you know, um, it's all the information's at our fingertips right now. So why go in debt or take out, you know, uh, take all that time and money for a formal degree when in many ways you can kind of just learn this stuff. I actually didn't go to journalism school and I thought about it because I always loved journalism, but someone said to me, going back to the people who I admire, uh, someone said, you know, this is stuff you can learn in your first job. It's better that you go for something you love or a, a specific trade and be an expert at that and then take that knowledge with you to journalism because you can, journalism school is important. I'm not saying it's not, but for some people, you can learn it in your first job and many people do. Sounds like you've had some pretty good mentors in your life, right? I try, I try, yes. Yeah, (laughs) how did did that end up then you getting to Fox Business? You have been there for how many years, Lauren? 15 years officially for me because I started a little bit before the launch of oh my gosh. Network, which is 15 years ago this October, October Congrats. 2022. I okay. can't believe it. Congratulations to you and to <laughs> Fox Business. But so what was what was that pitch like to you? You seemed like you were doing some really good work for CNN and and yep. now you're going to go to this this place, Fox Business. What was that like and why did you decide to do it? Oh, my story is crazy. So I was at CNN for a, a while. Oh, God, I can't. I have to check my resume, which has not been updated in ages for the exact number of years. But I was itching to do something else, and um, I would tell people, you know, I I think I want to get on air, and I, I might want to switch. And I get this call one day from Fox that they are uh, starting a new business network and they wanted to interview me. I was like, wow, I didn't apply to Fox. How did they get my information? I don't ask any questions. I go in for the interview. I'm sitting down with the person who's interviewing me, who I'm still friends with to this day. And I'm realizing that these questions are are basic um, and kind of missing several years. And I start to ask some questions to this person and they show me the resume that they're looking at. And it was my out of college <laughs> resume for an internship at Fox. Oh, wow. So I just start laughing and I said, do you have a computer? I will print out for you my latest resume. I gave it to them. They said, all right, we'll talk later. They call me back and they offer me a completely different job. And I said, well, you yeah, know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in that, in that position. It's a lateral move. I'm looking to move up. And this person liked me and said, okay, let me work on it. And then I get a call back from then the president of Fox business saying, you're going to be a field producer, which was my dream job. One step under reporter. I said, sign me up. 
and the rest is history. I got to cover huge, monumental news stories, the start of the financial crisis, the bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers, the Gulf oil spill, the Madoff Ponzi scheme, traveling around the country, finding the voices behind the stories, um, developing the story. And I was doing it with the seasoned reporter in many instances. So then I would, you know, did all the work, the, the, the work that producers do. And um, I asked the cameraman to let me go in front of the camera when they had some free time and they did. And I made wow. a tape, many versions of a tape somewhere out there is my first tape. And uh, Fox business said, okay, we'll put you on with these stipulations. And uh, I got to mess up in front of the country because I started in New York City on a national network as my first on-air gig. You did. So yeah, yeah, it was that. It's rare. I was one of those people. Well, I would advise you not to do that, right? Why did you decide to do that? Because <laughs> at that point, I did not want to move to the middle of nowhere making zero money to do the more formal route for a reporter. Got it. Okay. The other thing is, is I knew so much at that point in terms of how television works, news and finance works. So I, I had my niche. I, I had my experience. I just needed to perfect my delivery. <laughs> All right. So you, you really were a pioneer, though, in this area. If you think back, I mean, that's my word. 15 years ago, uh, Fox Business, big, big things. Is, is that how you, would you agree with that? That in this area of financial business, financial news, right. that you've really been paving the way for others in this? Or am I, I think I'm going too far? With Fox Business paving the yeah. way for others? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, Fox Business came, um, at a time when there was CNBC, Bloomberg, and then we would be the third financial network. But how are we going to do that? And obviously, we've changed course several times, 15 years. Everyone changes how they do things. But we wanted to be an alternative. Well, that's how it seemed to me. We wanted to talk to everyday Americans, um, those in the trade, you know, your professionals, but, you know, farmers, uh, anybody who cared about money. and the big issues. Uh, most of our shows do blend a little bit of politics in with all of that. And uh, we tried to find what other people weren't talking about. So yeah, a, a pioneer for sure. It's so interesting because we're in this beautiful Fox News headquarters in Midtown Manhattan with Fox News as our sister network um, and, and all their tremendous resources. Yet we were this little startup, right? Mm. This we, we were we were the babies. We didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to put things together, uh, you know, really operating in that startup mindset with this professional, well-established number one cable channel, like right next to us. Yeah. Um, but but that's not how we started. We, it, it was very much that I pulled all nighters. Um, I was completely devoted. Uh, to my job, many people were, and it was, you know, trial by error, baptism by fire. I wow. remember the first day, and I wasn't on the air at that point, but the first day going on the air, we were like, fingers crossed <laughs> that this works out. I mean, uh, it was, we were a startup within this, this established network. 2008, I, re I remember where I was when I heard Lehman Brothers uh, filed for bankruptcy. Uh, Me too. I was, I was driving through Minneapolis, St. Paul on 494, and the news came through, and I had that feeling in my gut. It was just this almost this sick feeling. Okay, so that's I was in the middle of Minnesota. You were there. 
What, what was it like? And what was your role in covering the Lehman Brothers 2008 issue story? I was field, pro field producing at the time. And the reporter on that day was Connell McShane. And we knew you could just feel that something was about to happen. And then we started to see workers come out of the building carrying boxes. And that's that line where you have to show compassion. They just lost their job. And they're limited in what they can tell you. And, you know, we were just able to put together, okay, this just happened. Lehman just went under. Um, oh my gosh. And yeah, it was, it was, it was scary. I, I've never covered or lived through something like that, that I remembered as an adult. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a scary moment. And, and with that, when things like that happened, people get nervous and curious and ratings typically go up because now you're a source of valuable information to so many people concerned about their own futures. Mm -hmm. Well, Lauren, through, through it all, I mean, you've covered a lot of these different big stories and here you are 2022, a lot has changed in your life from, from what, you know, I, I read and we've just met, but you're, you're a mom, right? Yeah, I've got three. <laughs> So what is, what is a day in the life of your just all glamorous life, right? What is a day in the life of, of a Fox business anchor? These are the best hours I've ever had in my entire career um, because I'm on air typically at 9 a.m., whereas I used to be on air at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. Okay. So you say, what, are, what is it like day in the life? I get to sleep until three, three 30 in the morning, some days. <laughs> and that's, that's an improvement. That's an improvement. I've, I'm always an early riser, but it's better than midnight and 1am. The difference between one and three is tremendous. Ask anybody who's ever worked that shift. Um, I get up, the house is quiet. I love that. I remember working from home. I would hide from my children because they're young. If they knew I was working from home, think about it. If you have a studio in your house and you have young children and you need quiet for long periods of time, they can't know you that you're there. My, my oldest actually found out and she would knock on the door and just open it. And I'm like shushing her, you know, with my hand, go away. I'm on air. I'm on air. Um, but I actually did that for, for, over a year and only one of my children knew I was working from home. I would hide all. Okay. So we're past that. So now I wake up while everyone's sleeping to a nice quiet house. Um, I just start reading. I start listening to some of the newscasts that I like or have taped that I want to listen to catch up, if you will, from the night before. And then, you know, I try to, we have to avoid traffic. I live in New Jersey now. So I try to get in the car for 4am. I'd say 4:15 latest. And then, you know, you pitch your stories to the shows. They tell you what stories they want you to do. And you develop it from there. When I get done at work is always depends on the day. But my in time is a glorious on at 9 a.m., which I never thought I'd say. And I want to like knock on wood right now. <laughs> right, I just jinxed you. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, that's news. It can change at, at any minute. And morning TV is a thing. It's a powerhouse. It's great. I love morning television. I might return to that early morning. Yeah. But right, right now I have late morning. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you also are uh, the host of a really great podcast. Now, I want to make sure I get the title right. Is it We're Mommy? Am I right? We're momming today, which was like this brainstorming session three years ago when we launched for Mother's Day about what we would call it, because there's like, I'm not sure momming is a real word. It was actually a man who came up with this 
this title. He's like, you women do like, it's momming. It's like a real job and you're working. He's like, so let's celebrate the struggles for working moms. It's so open-ended. We like to speak to inspirational women who mastered a skill. Yeah. Wrote a powerful book, um, you know, cashed in on their lucrative job to follow their dream. Uh, we like to talk about some cultural issues too. What is your child doing in school? You know, actually, you know, I was going to say this and coincidentally, I have the book right here. I recently did uh, a podcast with the author, Dr. Shamina Abushan of If You Touch, I'll Tell. And originally you see, it's about um, sexual assault um, by a family member in her case. You would see a story like this written as a children's book and you would say, oh, I don't, I don't want to touch that. That mm-hmm. that's going to be hard for for viewers, listeners. And then you think about it, and that's exactly why you should talk about it. There you go. So she has no experience on television. She's telling a personal story. I've actually kept in touch with her since. And you realize you meet some of the greatest people you've ever met in these odd ways, not not expecting because you can have a long conversation. You can have like, we're doing a 40 minute conversation. You don't get that on television and uh, you get to know someone and their issues. And one thing leads to another. Now I know what she's working on going forward. Um, But that's something I wouldn't have done on television that I was able to meet that inspiring woman, a strong woman because of her podcast, because of her book and my podcast. No, I I appreciate that story. You know, in your, you know, in your career though, I imagine you've got an earpiece in and you know, you've got a minute and a half or two minutes or three minutes, you got to hit the mark right? Yep. with that interview. And now you have the podcast where now you have that freedom to explore. And isn't it fun to be able to meet, you meet the coolest people, like you said, and just to go where you want to go. It, you never know what's around the corner, what, what's behind the next question. You know, and the best part is when you say we're done and that person speaks loosely and sometimes with their permission and with the capability of edit, that's the juice. That's the part that you want to lead with because it's the most interesting and honest part. People get so scared when they see the light, whether it's, you know, the mic light or the camera light. Oh, I have to firm up now because I'm, you know, I'm talking to so-and-so. It's that natural conversation that happens when everything is off. That's, that's the best part. True. I was just telling someone that just the other day, it's whenever, whenever we say we're done, and I don't, I don't do it to, you know, manipulate anyone. It's just an observation. We're done. But then I'll think, oh, one more thing. It's usually <laughs> the one more thing where the real, the, the, the best answers come. Isn't that amazing? And I got to tell you, for te- Stuart Varney is the best television anchor at <laughs> being able to get that from somebody in the confines of a two-minute television interview. Is I don't know right? how he does it. But, I mean, speaking of mentors... He's mine. Well, okay. Stuart Varner. He seems, Stuart Varner seems like a great guy, but are you telling me he's even great off camera? There's nothing you're going to share with me otherwise? Um, I have nothing but kind words to say about <laughs> him. And all of, for all of his quirks and idiosyncrasies, they're shared publicly on his television show. So what you see is what you get with him. It's true. For moms and for people listening to your podcast, what's their state of mind right now? We're coming out of the pandemic. We're in tremendous financial uncertainty. The world is in chaos. What is top of mind for moms right now? Uh, the kids are going back to school, not Zoom school. Um, if you work, you they get dropped off. You go, whether you're working from home or the office all day, and you don't have to worry about where they're going. They're physically in school in most places. So I think parents are like, okay, back to normal. Um 
And I, I also think, I'm just curious to see the trajectory of COVID coming into the colder months. Oh, don't if see everyone it. is, I know, if everyone is sent back home again, we'll see. But right now, everything is looking promising. Um, the other flip side to that is there is a dialogue in this country, and I've spoken to all people across the spectrum on this. As parents, no matter what type of child we have, we want to make sure our child feels comfortable. If they are struggling with their gender identity, um, we have respect for that. There seems to be um, a chorus of people that want to teach children in a classroom what parents think that they should teach um, their own children. And it's playing out in different ways, school by school, district by district, city by city, state by state. Uh, I'm watching what what my daughter is learning. She's now in the public school um, of age to be learning all of these things. And I I hear from parents um, with differing viewpoints, but they are passionate about what, you know, three years ago, we didn't even think about. We, that would never be discussed in a classroom. Or if it was, we didn't know about it. Now we do. Now it's a big issue. So I, I think I think parents are concerned uh, about that. Um, and speaking of topics, I've been told, maybe you can help convince me on this one, that there's an appetite for women in business. And I say that with a question mark because I women have been in business for so long. Are you asking the question of me? Do I think that there's an appetite for women in business as far as a, like a podcast direction? Hearing their more? stories, hearing their stories. Oh, I, I think there absolutely is. I think there yep. is. In fact, I, I don't think there's enough of that. I, I find those types of stories to be fascinating. And, and this is from me. I mean, I'm, my kids are all out of the house. Um, my wife, uh, Michelle, we married for 33 years. Um, she was a nurse. Thank you. Yeah. She was a nurse. But my point is I had a really strong support system at home while I was doing the corporate America thing. And I'm always intrigued um, because I don't have no experience in it. How do, how do women, I hate to say this phrase, Lauren, but do it all because they, they don't or do they? That, this is where I'm in, insecure about well, this. They do, but they don't sleep. Uh, so things are changing. Oh, okay. Things are changing. Um, but look, by, by nature, I think women want to do a lot of that heavy lifting. Uh, it is more shared now, for sure. I think we're moving in the right direction. But yeah, it's almost impossible to do both work and mom, momming, <laughs> effectively. I mean, you're always jipping somebody, right? You're jipping sure. yourself, your kids, or your boss. Someone's always getting the lesser version of you. Having said that, you have more perspective. You do things a lot more fast and efficient. The saying is, if, if you want something done right and quickly, give it to a mom. She'll just get it done. You delegate. So, Come on, let's do I'm this. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. I was just talking well, you're, to- a, You're scared to argue with me. No, no. Well, me, yeah, a little bit of that too. So, <laughs> all right, Lauren, um, Fox Business, let's go back 15 years. You are, you've been part of this brand. What is there about Fox Business that we ought to know about this network? Two things. The first thing goes back to the person who hired me. When I had my first child, I was so nervous about taking a, a, a maternity leave that what, I, I only took three months. We were given four months. I took the three the first time because I was so nervous. Oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my position. My advice to all moms out there, never feel like that. Take your maternity leave and take as much as you can or want. Your job will be there for you. 
this person said to me, this is a family-friendly business and network. Enjoy your time. Your job will be here for you. We want you to have the best time of your life and grow your family. And I just said, wow, that is not what I was expecting to hear. And the most touching um, answer I ever got from from anybody. Um, and, And that has been echoed, particularly from my male colleagues across across the, the building, across the industry here. They always say, wow, I don't know how you do it. I give you credit. Uh, so-and-so is struggling at home. Um, you should ask this person. They might let you leave early because we know you have to handle this. It is just when you're, there's a commitment and it goes both ways. And I, I think that's really palpable working here. And then watching what happens here. I think our viewers, and this is the second thing, realize that Fox is going to call what they see the way they see it. Um, we're not so, I think we, we tell stories in a different way. We, we might say what's unpopular, but it, it's that gut, it's that gut reaction or that gut feeling. I think we speak to the soul of a lot of people that often isn't spoken to. And, um, I think we do it naturally. And I know at times we'll be looking at a story. We say, well, well, how should we cover this? And it's discussed because we know what we're good at. And we try to figure out how to carry that on. Hmm. So That's great. So so when you're picking that story, it sounds like you do stay true to your principles or values. Is that the way I should think about it? Yeah. You know, I just had this conversation with my boss the other day. I said, you know, sometimes I feel like what I have to say is just not going to be popular. And she said to me, how many years have you been doing this? And I answered, she's like, well, that's your opinion. Say it's your opinion. You have every right to give it. And I was like, hmm. So you don't have to say the same thing as everyone else is saying. You can say what you really think if you can back it up. I love that. I love that. It's honest. Yeah. Lauren, what was the best way to follow you and to um, stay involved with all the cool projects and work that you're doing? Where should we go? So I'm on, I'm not the best person on social media. I love like <laughs> seeing what other people do on social media, but not sharing at the same time. So on Twitter at Simonetti Lauren and on Instagram at Lauren Simonetti. That's how you they- find me. I I, t- I'm, I think you're a great follow on Instagram. This is what I can pick up from your Instagram, if I may. Oh, good. I want to hear um, this. Yes. Right. Here's, here's, uh, I'm going to tell you what your brand is. This is what I see. I see a, 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 a busy professional who loves what she does and family is, is so important to you. I see so many family and just the way you talk about your family, right? Do I have it? Yeah, basically. But I don't want to be, and that's why I said I'm so curious how you describe this right now. Have you ever met someone in real life and you love them? They're amazing. And then you look them up on their social and you go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's such a turnoff because it's all me, 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 or just yeah. me, like completely, you know, focused on one topic or something. Um, I would never want to be that person. No. No, in fact, more specifically, I thought it was really cool because interspersed between pictures of you and your kids, you're down there in Texas at an oil refinery walking around doing an interview. I just think it's cool how you're blending it all together. So there you go. Oh, well, thank you. 
Hey, Lauren, we have uh, the vast I Dare You podcast audience. They're waiting for this. I always ask at the very end, what's your I Dare You challenge? Uh, A lot of us listening have big goals. We're we're chasing big things in life. What have you learned? (laughs) And what is your I Dare You challenge for all of us? My challenge for you guys? Yeah. Um, Do something you're not good at. What do you mean? Or just like financial journalism is intimidating to a lot of people find something that intimidates you or you're just plain bad at and try to become proficient in it maybe for i don't know a week or a set period of time to see if you really like it or before you judge somebody or or say their point of view is completely wrong get to know it i like it and that that's a challenge we can all all take action on so thank you Lauren, uh, it has been a lot of fun having you on this show. I thank you for your time. And I, I have to tell you for myself, I love how you, again, you take the high level and you break it down. Congratulations on Fox Business 15 years. And here's the next 15 years. Oh, gosh, thank you. Me in 15 years. Thanks for having me, Darren. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lauren Simonetti as much as I did. You know, interviewing Lauren, really intimidating because she is so good at just interviewing people with just really cutting to the quick in about three minutes. So the fact that we had this this amount of time with her was a treat. We learned so much from her. And if, if I could just give you one invitation and suggestion is wherever you may be in looking at how you view money and finance, some of you may be really intimidated by the entire topic. Uh, I would invite you to jump right in. Just as Lauren said, jump in, improve your financial literacy. There's never been easier to do that it's listening to podcasts like this one or tons of podcasts in this topic, reading Money Magazine, reading books about it, what you're going to discover is that it's not that intimidating at all, and it's quite fun. So the more you understand finance and money at a very practical level, like you're talking about it with your mom, the better off you will be long-term, guaranteed. So now make sure you're following Lauren on Instagram, and also you can follow the I Dare You podcast at I Dare You Pod. And follow me on Instagram at Darren Johnson one I'm so glad you're listening in every week. Now that you listen to Lauren, who are you thinking of right now that might benefit from this message? Take that step, forward it to them, leave a review, and get ready for episode 37. It's going to be another good one, another great guest. I can't wait for you to hear it. I'll see you then.